Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Struggling Hunters, where we're working hard on bringing you our successes and our failures uh, to help you and us become better hunters. Um, I'm Eric, and we are the Struggling Hunters. We we figured it out. Yeah, we did. <laughs> uh, anyways, guys. So tonight I uh, started off um, talking about turkey. Last week, Joe was kind of going into the regs of Utah and the draws, primary draws, and uh, for elk and turkey, uh, mostly focused on turkey. And uh, so. This week, I put in for my turkey and uh, did a few draws. What's kind of cool about Colorado is uh, the draws were just kind of to gain points and for the draw. But in all honesty, I mean, there's a lot of uh, areas that you can just do over the counter, at least in the springtime. You could do over the counter without having to do a lot of, a lot of draw. But I did put in for some draws. Uh, so we'll see what happens whenever those come out. But, um, uh, I did that, to, uh, tonight, I guess. And, um, uh, yeah, that was kind of, kind of fun. Got that out of the way. Uh, excited for the, the big game primary draw coming up. That'll be coming up, uh, March 1st. Uh, let me rewind real quick. So, uh, if you live in Colorado and you want to put in for some draws on for the turkey tags for your spring turkey tags, uh, you want to get that done before February second. Uh, that that's the deadline for turkey. And then um, last week I was trying to find some 2021 big game uh, regs information for well big game and. Uh, um, that was really smooth, right? Yeah. I, I mean, I, you know, it was very nice that you explained to us what, what it was you were trying to uh, look up and, you know, really dial in and what, it, what specifically you were going for. I'm glad, you know, yeah, you didn't lose us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, the, uh, the big game brochures are going to be coming out in the middle of February. So everybody from Colorado or non-residents that want to hunt Colorado, uh, make sure that you're looking out for those in the middle of February. And then I think I've already mentioned it, but the primary draw begins March 1st. And uh, I can't remember when, I think April 7th is whenever it ends can't remember that one off the top of my head uh so that'll be for your big games and um uh oh the turkey season uh the turkey season this year for the most part in most areas check your regs because there is a few spots that that uh opening day is a little bit later like just a couple days but um I was trying to do this without looking, but I might have to just double check real quick. But uh, anyways, everything everything starts uh, April 10th or opening day of turkey season starts April 10th and then ends 
uh, May 31st. So you almost get two months of turkey hunting, which is kind of cool. And uh, yeah, so I just kind of wanted to clear that up because last week I was kind of all over the place. and I didn't really know uh, what was going on with the, you know, that's, that's the problem with the primary draw. Like now I kind of have it in, set in stone or I kind of have it figured out pretty much primary draw always starts around uh, March 1st from what I understand. But uh, in the past I've set there or like last year, for example, I was going to do primary draw and long story short with that is I, I totally missed it. Um, I mean, I, I, yeah, I, I missed the deadline. I think, I think the deadline was like two or three days before I looked it up. Cause uh, I was thinking, Oh, I got plenty of time before I have to do the primary draw. And I got on, got online and they're like, Oh, you missed it by, you know, three days or whatever it was. And I was like, Oh man. But then I went to the second chance and uh, I ended up not drawing for anything in second chance. And I kind of regret that now, but uh, there was just everything that was in the second chance draw just was areas that I was not familiar with. And I didn't really have a plan or know if I was going to check those areas out. Uh, since. Well, that, sorry, I don't mean to, I just been sitting here thinking that second chance draw, you don't have to, do you put, no, you said second chance. Is that is that second season? No, it's just second chance. So you get your primary draw and then, and oh, then, right. and then if you miss your primary draw, if you miss your primary draw, you get a second chance to draw something that's left base. Basically it's kind of like leftover, but they're calling it a second chance. Gotcha. Okay. Sorry. My, and I was just sitting here thinking of hunting season and I was like, Oh yeah. Second, second season, third season. And I was like, that's <laughs> what we're talking about here. <laughs> Well, hey, man, it's good that you clarify because somebody else might have been thinking the same thing. So, um, but yeah, the second draw or second chance draw is uh, last year. It, it wasn't, there was just nothing that I was too familiar with, but I've been studying the maps and uh, studying the units a little, little better. My, my, my current job right now, I kind of, I'm kind of fortunate in the sense that I'm kind of always out in the woods, I guess. And uh, so I've been paying more attention to that stuff and figuring that out. So I have a few ideas of what, what I want to try to draw for this next, this year. Um, I am going to do the primary, but obviously if I don't get the primary, then I'll do the second chance. And uh, I guess the worst comes the worst. I, I I'm not a hundred percent sure about this. I should actually look it up, but I might actually get a couple extra points by trying to get on the second chance draw. So like if I do the primary and don't get nothing, I'll get my point. Okay. And I'm not sure if this, but, but I'm kind of curious. Maybe I'll look that up. I'll, I'll take some time and look this up and, and try to let you guys know next week. But um, I'm kind of thinking that if you don't get nothing on your primary and you draw for the second chance and still don't get nothing, you, you might actually be able to get two points out of that. Oh, which is kind of helpful. I mean, you might get, yeah, you might, even if you do draw for primary, well, 
I guess it wouldn't make much sense if you got if you drew on your primary and then you tried for a second chance. But I mean, I guess that goes across all all uh, species of animals, though, too. So I mean, if I got like a primary elk, for example, or in the primary I drew for an elk, but I didn't get nothing for deer, I could go over to the deer and try to get my second chance for a deer, or vice versa. But yeah, I'm more prepared this year. I've definitely been studying the units, uh, uh, e scout, e scouting, and doing a little bit of actual scouting. So I'm I'm a lot more prepared this year. So I'm excited to see what what comes of it. I don't know how much what will come of it, but I'm excited to see what comes of it. And yeah, so that's kind of all I got for for. Uh, regs really okay awesome thanks for your participation (laughs) no problem (laughs) uh so that i you know eric was saying that we talked last week a little bit about utah's big game uh draw and regulations and i was doing some more reading in utah's uh handy dandy uh uh, we got here the big game application guidebook for 2021. And as I was reading, I was reading, got up to page 23, and it started talking about this uh, late season limited entry muzzleloader deer hunts. And then, it, well, it's kind of, on this page 23. It, well, sorry, I'm getting, I'm before myself. I need to halfway through page 23 it talks about uh this handgun archery muzzleloader shotgun um and it's there's two two different things there's one for deer and then there's one for elk and they're both called a handgun archery muzzleloader shotgun and then uh and then the elk is a limited entry area so i guess the the uh, deer is more of a general season uh, thing, but I thought it was kind of interesting. What caught, what you know, kind of caught my eye was one is that it's a hunt for the deer is November thirteenth through the twenty eighth, which is kind of a a later season hunt, and uh, and, the, and that's going to be in the areas of the Book Cliffs, uh, Floyd Canyon. And I should have looked up how to say this other one. I can't even say it. But it's, yeah, I, Kaportwitz Ka, 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 Hams, and then Morgan and South Ridge. Um, so I guess I should, before I get any further, what they have done is a, what do they call it? Is it an acronym? Where you kind uh, of, social, where you spell out a word, but then there's words that go with the letters in that word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what they did is they called they called these hunts uh um ham so h a m s which stands for handgun archery muzzleloader shotgun So these are I guess they're calling these ham hunts <laughs> not a pig hunt <laughs> But what so the other interesting thing on both of them so on the deer uh it says note that these are primitive weapon hunts 
and then no optics allowed. Um, and then you, it gives you a code to go to look up to, to see what, what the specifications are. And I went, when I could, when I went and read it a little bit and it, you know, talked about, um, barrel length and barrel shortness, like what kind of, you know, like what designates, designates the pistol to be able to, to work. And it did say no scope on, on the, uh, on the weapon, what you're using to hunt with. And then on the elk side of it, uh, again, these are, I believe it's new for 2021 because it says for the 2021, the Utah Wildlife Board approved new handgun archery muzzleloader shotgun only. So ham, they're calling it ham's unit. And for elk, it's October 1st through November 15th. And then there's seven, they're calling us seven, there's these seven limited entry elk units, hmm. uh, Box Elder, Sawtooth, Cash North, Nine Mile, and Toro, uh, Quarry, Stansbury, Plateau, Barney Top, Copperot, I can't even say that, <laughs> Southwest <laughs> Desert North, and then West Desert, Deep Creek, and then again, these are uh, primitive weapon hunts, no optics allowed. And it tells you the code to go in and look up to find what the regulations are for the um, for the weapons being used. And the interesting thing is that there has a little important uh, note going along with it. So because the elk is a limited entry elk hunt, it still falls within the limited hunting rules as far uh so it says if you're successful in obtaining a permit so if you get a permit to hunt for one of these areas uh you will lose all your bonus points and incur a period of a f- period of waiting for five years so it's still uh, the way i read that is all the uh limited entry points you've been putting in for the elk get wiped out if you draw this tag Mm. and then you got to wait five years to tell you can start putting in again for the uh for a limited entry elk hunt so i don't know so that's kind of the i guess the long and short of it it says there'll be more more details um in the when the field regulation guidebook comes comes out in june but i thought you know I, i don't know that that really interests me it might you know later on in the years I don't know how long it doesn't say if, if it's going to be continued or not, but it doesn't say it's going away, but I don't know. I guess a little later season and then get you somewhere to hunt. Maybe I'll look in to see where the, the, uh, the deer one is. I don't really want to burn my <laughs> limited entry elk points on one of these hunts yet. I don't think. Yeah, so that's all individual, right? Like if you if you draw that, you're drawing that specifically for a deer or specifically for an elk. You're not Correct. I mean, you don't draw that and you can hunt all No, it's games. just it is it is uh well I guess game specific. So if you did draw a deer, it's only for okay. deer. If you did draw an elk, it's only for elk. I, I got another uh I got another question. Uh the archery since they call it archery 
and not specifically compound bow or so is it just compound bow and long bow or could yeah. a crossbow get it in the mix there i don't i um let me see if i can crossbow i think has to be um i don't know if they're gonna have the definition for crossbow in this book because of uh, years past, um, crossbows have always been uh, legal to hunt in a general season, like a rifle only. Uh, really? Any any legal weapon hunt for for crossbows because it's a little more powerful than a than a bow. Gotcha. Yeah, I think in Colorado they don't allow you to use crossbow at all. I mean, I think it's a very specialized hunt. You can use crossbow. Um, or specialized situation, but I don't think that you can use crossbow at all in, in Colorado. I guess that's something else I need to look up. And But, I mean, I don't worry about it because I don't have a crossbow, but I'll look it up to clarify in a podcast. Right. Yeah, because in the years past, that's how I've read it: is that it, it, you can use them, but it, you have to use it in the any legal weapon general uh, hunts, and, and for and during the rifle season, not right. Actual right. That's, archers. That's the rifle season is any legal weapon hunt. The general art or the general deer tag, any legal. That's how, that's how it's worded: any legal weapon. It's kind of it's kind of funny. I I'm, I kind of got mixed. I don't know if they're mixed, but I think it'd be kind of fun to hunt with a crossbow personally. But I kind of yeah. see why I kind of see why there's a lot of uh, shame around it too. At the same time, I I get it, but I'm like, it'd be kind of cool. Like, what's what's the difference at the end of the day, anyway? True. I mean, besides more, like you said, more, a little more power, a little more accurate than a than a bow. Yeah. I don't know what the, I, you know, like I think, I don't know what the distance is for a crossbow, like for an L or for a regular bow. Like, I feel like you know, like seventy yards, you're pushing it, and I think a hundred yards, you're really pushing. It. I know people take those shots. I haven't, you know, like quite got that confident at a hundred yards, but I feel, you know, like, I think that's where it starts getting a little bit more, uh, you know, it stays better for the crossbow. You can get out there a little further. You know, I don't, I don't know what the uh, distance for a crossbow is. I haven't looked into them. I don't know how well they do out, you know, a hundred, 150 yards. Yeah. I- I don't really know much. I mean, I don't have one. I don't know much information about them. I've thought how cool it would be to have one, but then I go, well, I couldn't use it for nothing, even if I did have one. So there's no point in really trying to get one, but I don't know. I mean, they're kind of, they, they have their place, you know? I mean, they have their place somewhere and I would like to, I would like to maybe one day own one just for fun, even if it's just a recreational use. Right. Uh, I'd still like to have one just to mess around with and 
but they're kind of expensive too. So True. just for recreational use, it. Well, they're, they. I feel like they're they're pretty impressive nowadays with what they've designed them to do lately. Like I, you know, I've seen a couple new videos out, and I can't tell you off the top of my head any really brands or a lot of specs on them. You know, but I remember being impressed with what the the numbers they were putting out. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. So hams, huh? Yeah. Handgun, archery, muzzleloader, and shotgun. Shotgun. Yeah, which is, you know, it's kind of interesting. Like I said, I, I don't know. I might look at it more on the deer side of it. Yeah, especially if you don't have to uh, get penalized for five years. Right. That that part, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I guess there's probably people out there that would really enjoy to just use their handgun. But because, I mean, I guess that's the – or I guess my next question, is that what kind of stood out to you the most was the handgun side of it? Well, that's what kind of – I guess, you know, not that I really wanted to – hunt with a handgun but was yeah what stood out to me was the handgun side of it because i you know i've never really seen anything called out specifically for handgun hunting yeah you know i think again it goes into i don't know i shouldn't say anything but just because i don't know for sure but being where the crossbow was under any legal firearm i think you know as long as you've met the specifications you could hunt handgun during then during the you know the general the general deer season um any legal weapon so i just i've just never seen it called out where you know like this this hunt is specifically for you know a, a handgun muzzleloader archery you know archery and shotgun but you can't have optics on it so that you know, which is still kind of interesting because muzzleloader nowadays they got those things reaching out there to two, 300 yards. So like you, you're going to want an optic on that, but you know, without an optic, I think you're closing, you know, well, my, my brain is just going down rabbit holes as I'm sitting here talking because, <laughs> uh, you know, I think muzzleloader open sights. I'm thinking I'm, you know, taking a shot at like a hundred yards, maybe 150 yards. But then I go, man, like they've been hunting with open sights for a long time. And they've been taking, you know, like back in the war days before scopes were really all that great, you know, they're taking long shots with open sights, but then it goes into that whole ethics side of it all, you know, do what do I really want to be taking a 200 yard, 300 yard shot with open sights? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure there's some little tricks and stuff, but I, 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 I shouldn't say for sure. I'm sure I would, if I was going to be doing that, I'd be trying to <laughs> understand a little bit more about longer range shooting with the open sights. I'm sure then it gets into like peep sites. I think a peep site, you might be you know, a little bit more accurate out there a little bit further. Anyway, like I said, my mind just started going down all these rabbit holes of like, 
of things with that open site comment, but yeah, well, it kind of, it kind of sounds like the intention of uh, allowing that hunt is more, all, all of it is more closer range hunting probably within a hundred yards. I mean, you might be able to stretch out one twenty, but, but a piss, I mean, I don't know. Sure, well, there's somebody out there to say that they could touch something at 200 yards with their pistol, but most mostly I'm thinking like 50 yards. Right. 50 yards is probably even a stretch for most pistols. Right. Yeah. Cause like, yeah, then you got to go into your whole barrel length. And so if you throw your barrel length in there, like that's going to, you know, the longer the barrel, kind of the longer the shot you could take. So a pistol with that shorter barrel it's not going to carry it's a ballistic coefficient for ever, you know? So you're going to, it's going to drop awfully quick within the first 60 to 80 yards. I'm sure pushing a hundred, but yeah, it's interesting. I thought the other interesting thing too is shotgun. I guess you're using a slug. Cause I, I don't know unless you're, would you use buckshot? Yeah. Buckshot, yeah. But I guess I'd it, you know have to go in and read read on that. Of, I don't sure. know how far buckshot goes. I mean, I mean, I've never really used the buckshot or target practice with buckshot, but I don't think in. I don't think they reach out all that far. Right. Pro- probably between that fifty and hundred yard range is where they're probably most effective. 100 yards might even be a little far, but but I'm just speculating because I really don't know. So. Right. Well, that's like, you know, like the whole new thing for me is, you know, I'm sure the boys back back east that are, you know, using shotguns to hunt every year. They're like, oh, yeah, this is what we do. You know, no big deal. And I'm over here out in the west scratching my head. All right. How do I hunt with a shotgun? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Especially, you know, I mean, it's one thing hunting birds with a shotgun, but hunting big game with a shotgun it's a little different yeah yeah i don't know if that really um oh i was gonna ask you is that uh non-resident and resident or is that just specifically for resident it didn't say either or i think it's uh let's see if i can look up some information on that real quick while we're sitting here talking but what I read on it, 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 uh, it, nothing was ever called out, resident or non-resident. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure though that that uh, that 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 hunt. I'm sure there's somebody out there that really likes the idea of it. Right. I don't know if uh, it doesn't really speak to me very much. And the, like the only reason, like I said, it just what caught my eye was a handgun and shotgun and stuff. But the only reason I'd be even interested in it is this is the first year that it's ever done it. So you know, like that beginner's luck thing kind of kicks in. Yeah. Like oh, maybe I will be successful at that. I can't think of any specific stories, but. I feel like I've heard of people using shotguns to kill deer in the past. I, I don't know if that's so, so unique. Well, like I, you know, like I know that back East in the, you know, Midwest and stuff that there's, 
they got to hunt shotgun only because of uh, density with people and stuff too. Mm-mm. So they don't want a gun, you know, going through the or a bullet going that far through the woods. So it's shotgun only. But I don't know. I can't say if it's you know like it has to be a shot like buck shot or um, if it can be a, a slug. But then you get into so. You know, you know, (laughs) kind of funny, like, so a shotgun isn't going to have, I think a shotgun's not going to have riflings. Right. So, like, you can use a slug, but then without the riflings, it's not, you know, you're not even going to get that long of a shot either. So, anyways... I'm starting to go down these partly down these rabbit holes and just starting to throw stuff out there as I'm puking, as I'm thinking about it and puking stuff up as I (laughs) comprehend what I'm reading here without reading more. But I'm sure there's non-residents in there, you know, but not what I see right now. doesn't really call out resident or non-resident. I wonder. I wonder if that hunt requires hunter's orange. Uh, that's true. Yeah, I, I, I'm not sure. I'm sure with the with the next book coming out, the field regulations, it'll call out a little bit more. Yeah. Well, I don't honestly. So here, what I do know is you can hunt muzzleloader and archery without hunter's orange. So uh, with this one, I don't see why you would need why they would call out you using Hunter's Orange. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking was because it kind of sounds like it's geared toward that shorter range, right? Kind of hunt. So, and your other shorter range hunts don't require Hunter's Orange. So that one probably does. I, I don't know. We'll have to we'll have to look up we'll have to kind of keep an eye on it and try to find more information. I'm I, yeah. No, I thought we'll we'll definitely maybe you know come back to that if we ever gain information on that one. Yeah, but but it was interesting though. That was a nice find, Joe. Yeah, I I like that. I like that. Um. Well, with with that, uh, do you have anything else that you want no. to talk about? No. Okay. Well, with that, um, I guess that's kind of more of our informative portion of the podcast. Uh, you know, Joe and I we're we're trying new things all the time, trying to make the podcast better. And and uh, with that said, like now in this part of the podcast, it's going to be kind of more free form, just kind of whatever hits the dome to talk about for a little while. Uh, With that said, this was kind of thought of before the podcast started, but, but uh, Joe, I'll ask you the question first, I guess. uh, um, How do you, how do you feel about uh, poaching? I mean, I'm just going to go out and say it. I feel feel weird because, I mean, I have my thoughts or whatever, but it's kind of a weird subject or a taboo subject a little bit. But, like, I, 
just how do you feel about poaching in general? I mean, I, I kind of know how you feel, but I don't know how to phrase the question, I guess. Well, like, so like with poaching, you know, I feel like it's one of those things that almost, you know, like it, <laughs> it legally takes away my rights or stiffens my rights to hunt. You know, the, um, there's a little bit more scrutiny, you know, a lot of, you know, people hate people that, you know, don't follow the rules. And then when people don't follow the rules, they make the rules even stricter. And so, you know, it makes it harder for, for the image of the hunter to, uh, to go untainted when there's a lot of people or when there's people that poach, cause it's not legally, it's not done. You know, it's not, I'm probably not coming across what I want to say. You know, it's it when you're doing it illegal, it, you know, it puts a bad taste in people's mouth. And, you know, and I, I enjoy hunting and I want to be able to do it for as, as long as I can and when I, when I'm allowed to. So, you know, I don't, <laughs> I don't agree with it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I pretty much will, I, I'll share my side, but I pretty much agree. I, I do agree with everything you just said. Um, my thoughts on it. I've always, I've always had a soft spot for a portion of poaching. I know that kind of sounds bad, but what I mean by that is I do believe that there's families out there that, don't necessarily know when their next meal is coming. Uh, I've known families that actually that don't know when their next meal is coming and have went out and literally got a deer or an elk. So they had something to eat for the winter. And I have a little bit of a soft spot for that side of it. It, I, I, I mean, I don't know. It, I feel like, but I guess this is where I'm going to judge on it a little bit is I feel like that is starting to become less and less of a thing. I feel like most people can scrounge up the money. And at the end of the day, your tags and licensing is not that expensive for what you get in meat. I mean, you can, if you get an elk, for your license and tags, you can eat on that elk with for with a family for a whole year. You go to the grocery store and you spend that same amount of money, you're going to eat for a week, maybe two. So you're telling me that you can't afford, you know, every, every state is a little bit different, so I, I don't want to put a hard number on it, but. I feel like he could afford a tag to do the right thing. And people that poach, I wish that they would look at it as more of a, more of a, a duty. I don't know if patriotic duty is the right word, but maybe a conservation duty because every dollar that you put toward conservation's conservation helps protect conservation so we can all, as a collective, hunt 
you know, keep hunting. I mean, we're getting attacked every day by traditional non-hunters and, and, um, and I, I mean, I just, you know, the one thing that helps us stay strong as a group is the fact that we pay for, we pay for all this through all the, all the fees and everything. And as much as it sucks, sometimes that money speaks louder than words. And that's why we've been able to keep our rights this long. And so I feel like every time a poacher poaches that affects that, that strength. And so I really don't like poaching for that reason. And I mean, I, and I think it's unfair for the guy that pays for his tag doesn't get the animal that he could have got or she could have got, uh, but was poached the night before from somebody that didn't pay tribute. The other thing is, and, and I've, I've seen and heard of stories, uh, everything kind of shifts like, um, you know, most car thieves don't start out stealing cars. They start out by stealing a candy bar and poaching, you know, you start poaching and you're somewhere out in the middle of nowhere, you poach or whatever. But then later on that starts shifting. Well, you know what? Uh, farmer Frank, he always has a herd of elk in his field. I'm going to start trespassing and poaching on top of it. So, you know, your, your, your moral compass just starts shifting toward that, you know, going down that bad road. And, uh, you know, I mean, I, I don't know where that was going, but you know, I, I just think that if, uh, if you're a poacher, like, I mean, you're just doing such a disservice to traditional hunters, you know, you're going down a moral, you're going down that moral bad road that, that, you know, is going to get you in trouble and get you caught one day. And, um, like I said, I mean, you pay the fee for the elk that could potentially get you, you do all the right things, that elk, that deer, you know, it'll feed you for a lot longer than going to the grocery store and paying that same amount of money. And so, I mean, if you're willing to poach, you obviously like hunting. You might not like hunting in all the legal ways, but you obviously like hunting. So do your part, do your pay, your, 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 uh, conservational duty and just do the right thing. And that's kind of my in-depth thoughts of it, I guess. Um, so, so cut, I don't mean to really, I don't mean to really cut you off too much. No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm open for some questions. Well, no, I just was going to share a story. Um, so growing up uh, there in Idaho, uh, there, we had a couple friends and uh, so like we, we would hunt my house. We had uh, kind of permission to hunt kind of this top, top part of this little ravine or it's a good size ravine, but the ravine part of it, we didn't have t- uh, permission to hunt. But it wasn't that big of a property that we could. It was, it was, and it was also can only be hunted 
like a, a time of day, meaning like the deer were only going to be out there in the morning and the evenings that because it was a big field. That's where they'd come out to eat. And uh, <laughs> so I had a buddy over once spent the night. We got up and hunted uh, down down by our, my house and didn't didn't see anything we wanted to shoot. So we wanted to go back over to a place where he had uh, permission to hunt. And uh, my mom was driving us across the top. Uh, was it, is it Carabelle? Is that yeah. the one that went across the top up there? I believe so. And uh, we're driving along. And, you know, there's all those uh, farming fields up there. And, we're, and we look over. We get halfway between our houses. And we look over and there's a, a buck just standing in one of the fields. Like we're, we're talking a, a big sign that says no hunting, no trespassing. And it was a, you know, the buck, he was midday. I kind of thought it was a decoy at first, but you know, he's standing there broadside. And we just get, got out and started looking at it. And we didn't, do we have, uh, I don't know if we had binoculars or what, but my mom, for some reason, picked up the gun and, uh, you know, looking through the scope at it, and, and she's, like, looking over at it. She's like, man, I can see why people poach. <laughs> like, <laughs> she's, you know, like, she had the crosshairs right where it needed to be, and all it was, you know, one of those, you know, things that, like, she's like, yeah, we could we could get in there and, you know, like, the, like I said, the deer wasn't even 50 yards off the road. So, you know, like, kind of the, almost the middle of nowhere. Like we could have pulled it off, you know, but it was just funny. Like my mom's just, oh, I can see why people poach. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I get it too. I mean, yeah, I, same, same area actually. Um, same area, same, uh, almost same situation. I'm not going to say names or anything, but, uh, um, as with a buddy, and uh, you telling that story made me think of this. It was like, it was almost past shooting light. Like it was starting to get really dark, but there was this nice buck on this piece of land. I know it was private and, uh, and we pull up and we look at it and, and uh, I had my gun out. I was going to, I was going to, or I wanted to shoot or whatever I was, but I was just looking at it. And the friend that I was with was like, go ahead and shoot it, man. This is, this is my family's property. And I'm like, are you sure? And he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sure. And he had his gun up too. And he, and I was like, are you sure? And, and he's like, yeah, just shoot it. It's my family's property. I'm telling you. And I didn't believe him, man. I didn't believe him. And I hesitated long story short. He ended up shooting it. We, we had tags and everything, but I mean, I guess the point of that story is, is like, I, I just wasn't sure. And I was like, I don't want to get in trouble here. And I hesitated too long. I mean, I wasn't expecting him to shoot. Like he kind of gave me that option to shoot, but I just didn't believe him that it was, uh, it was his family's property. And I mean, he shot it. We threw it in the back of the truck and I mean, everything, everything seemed normal, but, but I was, I was nervous. I was like, I don't know about all this, man. So, but it was kind of the same situation. I, I wanted to, too. It was a nice buck. I feel like that's the hardest thing is uh, 
I have a, I have like a handful of stories where I hesitated because I wasn't sure if I was 100% legal or not. And I missed out on some big bucks because of it. It's kind of a kind of <laughs> kick myself in the butt on some of them because some of them I could have just shot and got my animal, but I hesitated just long enough. Yeah. But it, I don't know. I mean, I guess that's kind of the the luck of the draw on that. I mean, out, outside of poaching, like I just, I've always been one of those people that just wanted to make sure I was doing it a hundred percent. Correct. Well, like, you know? yeah, it's like one of those things too. Like you want to be correct. Cause even, I mean, you know, like <laughs> doing it correct and you, you don't want to get in trouble and like losing that opportunity to, to, uh, hunt in the future you know like you might have to there's be a waiting period and if you you know and if you are malicious and you are doing it with the wrong attitude you know you're going to lose your hunting license for x amount of years you're going to lose your your i think it's your your gun your truck all your hunting gear that's in your truck or at your hunting camp like you know you're then you lose x amount of years of being on probation until you can hunt again and then you got to buy all that stuff back that you lost. And so really in the end of the day, you're, you're right. Like you want to make sure you're doing it legal. So that way <laughs> it doesn't come back to get you. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not, I'm not saying names again, but I actually know a couple guys that shot at the decoys <laughs> and got busted. Yeah. Huh? Lost their, lost their, you, you know them, but, um, lost their gun and truck. And I can't remember if they lost their truck actually, but I know they lost their gun for a few years and, uh, lost their privilege to hunt for just as long or longer. So, and I never wanted to be part of that, man. I just, I was like, I was always way too nervous. I remember, I remember there was this other time. I knew I knew this was private land that we didn't have permission to hunt, but um, and I was with a couple buddies, but and we didn't we didn't even we didn't like point our gun at it or nothing. Uh, but I was pretty sure that I saw one of those decoys, or a group of us saw one of those decoys, and we just like were staring at it for a long time, going, "Oh man, you know," but. I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's a decoy, guys. We better not shoot at it. <laughs> so it's tempting, though, man. Even, you know, I mean. Well, yeah, no, like that was like my mom. You know, she like that was a – she had tags growing up. Like her, she had a couple, like one or two deer tags as a teenager and stuff. And uh, But she's like, that was the first time in my whole life I ever had the crosshairs on a buck. <laughs> And like I said, you know, we like I, we almost thought it was a decoy because it was in this big field, like you know, no trees around it or nothing, just right off the road, a little bit off the road. But it ended up walking away. We watched it long enough to walk away. Uh, but like you know, it was just my mom was like, "Oh, first time I ever had crosshairs on a buck." Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah, it's it's hard, man. It's hard. It's hard to. I mean. I don't know. I, I guess, I guess I can understand why some people find themselves in trouble that way. Cause 
you know, like your mom or in a few situations that I've been in, like you want to pull the trigger so bad, but you kind of know better. Right. And you know, some people don't have that filter of knowing better. So right. <laughs> they, they tend to, they tend to make all the wrong decisions, but uh, yeah, man, I, I don't know. I think at the end of the day, I mean, the whole point of the poking was, um, Oh, you found a little bit of stats on you want to, uh, there's like, what'd you say? Like a thousand or, or 1200 or something in this 2020, uh, season of hunt or 20, the year of 2020, uh, in Utah. Um, the statistics that I got said that there was a total of, uh, 1,056 animals were killed illegally in the state of Utah. Yeah, that's, that's sad, man. I mean, that's, you know, that could have been, that could have been 1,056 uh, hunters that had an opportunity at that, that, that paid the, paid the free, the fee to be able to. Right. Well, it says so that, and then it says the combined, so well, I guess it was 2000. So with the combined numbers from two, wait, say so the combined value of wildlife illegally killed, the combined value of wildlife illegally killed in 2020 was more than $379,000. Which is, you know, kind of interesting. I'm sure that's like tags and, all that too, but yeah, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure that figure. I mean, as sad as it is, uh, that figure probably probably is like their accepted. I don't know how to say it. Like you know, uh, you know, uh, clothing store or any kind of store they they have they kind of figure in with how much they charge for the products. They kind of figure right. in that like three and a half percent is going to be lost to theft. So I'm sure that all the states probably kind of figure that so much of their their wildlife is going to be lost to poaching, which kind of sucks, though. I mean, like I said, I mean, I I in today's world, I don't know why you would do it. I think there was a time where it kind of made sense for a poor family or you know, that needed the meat that literally just wanted the meat. Um, I could, I could sympathize with that, but in today's world and I, I just, it's like, you're going to spend more money going to the grocery store for, for two weeks of protein than you would just paying for your tag and, and licensing, you know, and I mean, I don't know. I feel like that's the most important thing is, I mean, just paying, paying your fee, you know, cause it helps. I mean, every dollar that, you know, that we pay for, it goes into conservation, whether, you know, I know, I know sometimes we don't always agree with the moves that the, that are, um, fish and game parks and wildlife, whatever you want to call it, make necessarily toward uh, conservation. But 
at the same time, you know, I think we're all just trying to do the best we can and, and try to keep these herds or not just herds, but all, all of our wildlife strong and, and, and thriving. And I just kind of feel like poaching is just cheating the system and, and, uh, you know, it's, it, it just, I mean, it just, it, it affects more than just, you know, one person poaching. I could see where somebody that's a poacher says, ah, you know, I, I'm just trying to get my one elk or whatever, you know, and, but there's a thousand fifty six other or 55 other people just like you, <laughs> you know, like it's not just you that is affecting the, the ecosystem in that situation. It, there's a lot of other people that might be thinking the same thing you are and doing it illegal. And every person that, if that does that, you affect so many other people, you take away other people that are doing the right thing. You take away their chances, you know, I mean, it just kind of snowballs into, I mean, you could, I feel like we kind of are going down rabbit holes, but you could really go down the rabbit hole with all this stuff. And, uh, at the end of the day, like I said, I mean, you know, there, there's, there's, and, and you know what, if you get caught, you're going to get caught. That's the other thing too. If you get caught, you know, you talked about taking the vehicle and the gun away, but also the financial side of it, you're going to pay 10 times more. You're going to basically pay what they figured that animal would cost to replace. And I mean, whatever they feel like you're going to pay so much more than just paying for your tag. And, you know, like, it's just not worth it in the end. It just doesn't make any sense in the end. And I just feel, I mean, you know, I think we all kind of mess up once in a while and maybe make the wrong move or, you know, hunting the wrong unit at the wrong time. But, uh, (laughs) (laughs) but, uh, at the same time, uh, I mean, I, I, you know, I feel like you got to pay your, pay your fee. And like I said, it just, I mean, if you really break it down, break it down, you know, you're trying to save a few bucks on meat by poaching and not getting your tags. You're trying to save a few bucks there, but like, if you got caught, you'd pay so much more than what the tags would cost. You lose your gun, you lose your vehicle. Like, I mean, which, which one makes more sense? Just paying the, however much it is in your state to, to hunt your deer or elk or whatever other big game that you're after. It just doesn't financially, it doesn't make sense. I mean, go ask a CPA if it makes sense to poach for an animal. I bet they tell you that it'd be stupid. Right. (laughs) I mean, for the risk and risk, the risk to reward just doesn't make sense. Right. And, uh, yeah. I don't know. If, I think that's all I got for poaching, man. <laughs> that's probably good. I mean, we're about about an hour of uh, conversation topics. Are you serious? Yeah. And we, uh, <laughs> that's amazing. I thought maybe we were like 30 minutes in or something. I was like, I don't know if we got any more 
content to go over tonight. Yeah, no, we we were at 30 minutes about 30 minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> what would we do without your math? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I should just shut it shut it down one day and just see how far we we take it. Yeah, yeah. Have a three hour podcast. Right. I don't know if we could do that. <laughs> I don't I don't know if we could pull that one off, but obviously we're pretty good at doing an hour long podcast. That's amazing. Yeah. But yeah, yeah so if you I don't, don't have know. no yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. If you don't have nothing else to say, man, just go ahead and get us out of here or finish off with final thoughts or whatever you got. Yeah, no, I got nothing really. I just was going to say thanks for sitting and listening to us talking about Colorado Turkey and first and second draw dates for our chance draws for in Colorado and discussing, I guess the new ham hunts here in hams hunts here in Utah. Um, Hit the likes, subscribe, tell a friend, tell a buddy. We we would appreciate it. Yeah, uh, I I do have a fi- uh, finishing thought. If you, especially if you're listening this long, uh, one thing that I'm noticing this time of year. So obviously, me and Joe, we haven't been doing this podcast for an entire year yet. But I'm noticing that this time of year, it's kind of hard to come up with some topics. So we're doing our best, guys. And with that said, just Really enjoy um, enjoy you guys taking the time out to listen to us because, uh, yeah, I know that I've been kind of struggling on content as far as trying to come up with good content to talk about. And I, I don't know. I don't know why I'm throwing all that out, but I just appreciate you guys listening and just kind of, yeah, it's been kind of difficult to have that natural content. You know, usually during the season, it's like, oh, let's talk about our last weekend or whatever you know it's just kind of a little easier when we're actually hunting and doing stuff and this time of year it's kind of a slow point in the outdoors game so uh just really appreciate you guys still listening to us and and uh giving us your time so joe with that said go ahead and finish off getting us out of here uh thanks again and we'll talk to you guys in a week have a good one later